Hello friends, welcome to Habit Books Podcast. I'm your host Sarah Paul and I'm so excited you could join us today. This is our first episode and we are starting to read my favorite book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. An easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. The book has different parts and the first part is about the fundamentals. Why tiny changes make a big difference. We're starting chapter one. The surprising power of atomic habits. It is so easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. Too often, we convince ourselves that massive success requires massive action. Whether it's losing weight, building a business, writing a book, winning a championship, or achieving any other goal, we put pressure on ourselves to make some earth-shattering improvement that everyone will talk about. Meanwhile, improving by 1% isn't particularly notable. Sometimes it isn't even noticeable, but it can be far more meaningful, especially in the long run. The difference a tiny improvement can make over time is astounding. Here's how the math works out. If you can get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you are done. Conversely, if you get 1% worse each day for one year, you'll decline nearly down to zero. What starts as a small win or a minor setback accumulates into something much, much more. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. The same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. They seem to make little difference on any given day, and yet the impact they deliver over months and years can be enormous. It is only when looking back two, five, or perhaps ten years later that the value of good habits and the cost of bad ones becomes strikingly apparent. This can be a difficult concept to appreciate in daily life. We often dismiss small changes because they don't seem to matter very much in the moment. If you save a little money now, you are still not a millionaire. If you go to the gym three days in a row, you are still out of shape. If you study Mandarin for an hour tonight, you still haven't learned the language. We make a few changes, but the results never seem to come quickly, and so we slide back into our previous routines. Unfortunately, the slow pace of transformation also makes it easy to let a bad habit slide. If you eat an unhealthy meal today, the scale doesn't move much. If you work late tonight and ignore your family, they will forgive you. If you procrastinate and put your project off until tomorrow, there will usually be time to finish it later. A single decision is easy to dismiss. But when you repeat 1% errors day after day, by replicating poor decisions and duplicating tiny mistakes and rationalizing little excuses, our small choices compound into toxic results. It's the accumulation of many missteps, a 1% decline here and there that eventually leads to a problem. The impact created by a change in your habits is similar to the effect of shifting the route of an airplane by just a few degrees. Imagine you are flying from Los Angeles to New York. If a pilot leaving from LAX adjusts the heading to just 3.5 degrees south, you'll land in Washington, D.C. instead of New York. 
Such a small change is barely noticeable at takeoff. The nose of the airplane moves just a few feet, but when magnified across the entire United States, you end up hundreds of miles apart. Similarly, a slight change in your daily habits can guide your life to a very different destination. Making a choice that is 1% better or 1% worse seems insignificant in the moment, but over the span of moments that make up a lifetime, these choices determine the difference between who you are and who you could be. Success is a product of daily habits, not once-in-a-lifetime transformations. That said, it doesn't matter how successful or unsuccessful you are right now. What matters is whether your habits are putting you on the path towards success. You should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than with your current results. If you are a millionaire but you spend more than you earn each month, then you are on a very bad trajectory. If your spending habits don't change, it's not going to end well. Conversely, if you are broke but you save a little bit every month, then you are on the path towards financial freedom, even if you are moving slower than you would like. Your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits. Your clutter is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. You get what you repeat. If you want to predict where you'll end up in life, all you have to do is follow the curve of tiny gains and tiny losses and see how your daily choices will compound 10 or 20 years down the line. Are you spending less than you earn each month? Are you making it into the gym each week? Are you reading books or learning something new each day? Tiny battles like these are the ones that will define your future self. Time magnifies the margin between success and failure. It will multiply whatever you feed it. Good habits make time your ally. Bad habits make time your enemy. Habits are a double-edged sword. Bad habits can cut you down just as easily as good habits can build you up. Which is why understanding the details is crucial. You need to know how habits work and how to design them to your liking so you can avoid the dangerous half of the blade. Here is an example of how your habits can compound for you or against you. Positive compounding. Productivity. Accomplishing one extra task is a small feat on any given day, but it counts for a lot of our entire career. The effects of automating an old task or mastering a new skill can be even greater. The more tasks you can handle without thinking, the more your brain is free to focus on other areas. Knowledge compounding. Learning one new idea won't make you a genius, but a commitment to lifelong learning can be transformative. Furthermore, each book you read not only teaches you something new, but also opens up different ways of thinking about old ideas. As Warren Buffett says, that's how knowledge works. It builds up like compound interest. What progress is really like? Imagine that you have an ice cube sitting on the table in front of you. The room is cold and you can see your breath. It is currently 25 degrees. Ever so slowly, 
the room begins to heat up. 26 degrees, 27, 28. The ice cube is still sitting on the table in front of you. 29 degrees, 30, 31. Still, nothing has happened. Then, 32 degrees, the ice begins to melt. A one degree shift, seemingly not different from the temperature increase before it, has unlocked a huge change. Breakthrough moments like these are often the results of many previous actions, which build up the potential required to unleash a major change. This pattern shows up everywhere. Cancer spends 80% of its life undetectable, then takes over the body in months. Bamboo can barely be seen for the first five years as it builds extensive root system underground before exploding 90 feet into the air within six weeks. Similarly, habits often appear to make no difference until you cross a critical threshold and unlock a new level of performance. In the early and middle stages of any quest, there is often a valley of disappointment. You expect to make progress in a linear fashion and it's frustrating how ineffective changes can seem during the first few days, weeks, and even months. It doesn't feel like you're going anywhere. It's a hallmark of any compounding process. The most powerful outcomes are delayed. This is one of the core reasons why it is so hard to build habits that last. People make a few small changes, fail to see tangible results, and decide to stop. You think, I've been running every day for a month. So why can't I see any change in my body? Once this kind of thinking takes over, it's easy to let a good habit fall by the wayside. But in order to make a meaningful difference, habits need to persist long enough to break through this plateau, what I call the plateau of latent potential. If you find yourself struggling to build a good habit or break a bad one, it's not because you have lost your ability to improve. It is often because you have not yet crossed the plateau of latent potential. Complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about the ice cube not melting when you heated it from 25 to 31 degrees. Your work was not wasted. It's just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. When you finally break through the plateau of latent potential, people will call it an overnight success. The outside world only sees the most dramatic event rather than all that preceded it. But you know that it's the work you did long ago when it seemed that you weren't making any progress that makes the jump today possible. It's the human equivalent of geological pressure. Two tectonic plates can grind against one another for millions of years, the tension slowly building up all the while. Then one day, they rub each other once again in the same fashion they have for ages. But this time, the tension is too great. An earthquake erupts. Change can take years before it happens all at once. Mastery requires patience. All big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single, tiny decision. But as that decision is repeated, a habit sprouts and grows stronger. Roots entrench themselves and branches grow. The task of breaking a bad habit is like uprooting a powerful oak within us.
The task of building a good habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. But what determines whether we stick with a habit long enough to survive the plateau of latent potential and break through the other side? What is it that causes some people to slide into unwanted habits and enables others to enjoy the compound effects of good ones? Forget about goals. Focus on systems instead. Prevailing wisdom claims that the best way to achieve what we want in life, getting into better shape, building a successful business, relaxing more and worrying less, spending more time with friends and family, is to set specific actionable goals. For many years, this was how I approached my habits too. Each one was a goal to be reached. I set goals for the grades I wanted to get in schools, for the weights I wanted to lift in the gym, for the profits I wanted to earn in the business. I succeeded at a few, but I failed at a lot of them. Eventually, I began to realize that my results had very little to do with the goals I set and nearly everything to do with the systems I followed. What's the difference between systems and goals? It's a distinction I first learned from Scott Adams, the cartoonist behind Dilbert Comics. Goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the process that leads to those results. If you are a coach, your goal might be to win a championship. Your system is the way you recruit players, manage your assistant coaches, and conduct practice. If you are an entrepreneur, your goal might be to build a million-dollar business. Your system is how you test product ideas, hire employees, and run marketing campaigns. If you are a musician, your goal might be to play a new piece. Your system is how often you practice, how you break down and tackle difficult measures, and your method for receiving feedback from your instructor. Now, for the interesting question. If you completely ignored your goals and focused on your systems, would you still succeed? For example, if you are a basketball coach and you ignored your goal to win a championship and focused only on what your team does at practice each day, would you still get results? I think you would. The goal in any sport is to finish with the best scores, but it would be ridiculous to spend the whole game staring at the scoreboard. The only way to actually win is to get better each day. In the words of three-time Super Bowl winner Bill Walsh, the score takes care of itself. The same is true for other areas of life. If you want better results, then forget about setting goals. Focus on your systems instead. What do I mean by this? Are goals completely useless? Of course not. Goals are good for setting a direction but systems are best for making progress. A handful of problems arise when you spend too much time thinking about your goals and not enough time designing your system. Problem number one, winners and losers all have the same goals. Problem number two, achieving a goal is only a momentary change. Problem number three, goals restrict your happiness. Furthermore, goals create an either-or-all conflict. Either you achieve your goal and you are successful, or you fail and you are disappointed. You mentally box yourself in a narrow version of happiness. This is misguided. It is unlikely that your actual path through life will match the exact journey you had in your mind when you set out. 
It makes no sense to restrict your satisfaction to one scenario when there are many other parts. A system of atomic habits. If you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you, the problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system of change. You do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Focusing on the overall system rather than a single goal is one of the core themes of this book. It is also one of the deeper meanings behind the word atomic. By now you have probably realized that an atomic habit refers to a tiny change, a marginal gain, a 1% improvement. But atomic habits are not just any old habits however small. They are little habits that are part of a larger system. Just as atoms are the building blocks of molecules, atomic habits are the building blocks of remarkable results. Habits are like the atoms of our lives. Each one is a fundamental unit that contributes to your overall improvement. At first, these tiny routines seem insignificant, but soon they build on each other and fuel bigger wins that multiply to a degree that far outweighs the cost of the initial investment. They are both small and mighty. This is the meaning of the phrase atomic habits. A regular practice or a routine that is not only small and easy to do, but also the source of incredible power, a component of the system of compound growth. We have come to the end of chapter one. Here is a chapter summary. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. Getting 1% better every day counts for a lot in the long run. Habits are a double-edged sword. They can work for you or against you, which is why understanding the details is essential. Small changes often appear to make no difference until you cross a critical threshold. The most powerful outcomes of any compounding process are delayed. You need to be patient. An atomic habit is a little habit that is part of a larger system. Just as atoms are the building blocks of molecules, atomic habits are the building blocks of remarkable results. If you want better results, then forget about setting goals. Focus on your systems instead. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Thank you guys for listening. I will leave you with my favorite mantra that I just picked up from this chapter. All big things come from small beginnings. See you on the next chapter.